Well, good morning, Gateway. Good morning to our friends on social media. I'm wrapping up our sermon on gifts, and I just wanted to put out a handout this morning. We don't do handouts very often, but I wanted to, you to have something that you could take home so in your study time, in your quiet time, you have something to remind you and take notes of uh, because the gifts are important. Without the gifts, the church, not just Gateway Church, but the church cannot fulfill the kingdom callings that we have for God. Amen? I just want to just do this announcement, and I would say write this down, but, you know, put it in your phone, whatever. May 2nd. Everybody say May 2nd. We are changing our service times just a little bit. We're trying to line these up a little better with, of course, our sister church in Largo. We've had some families come and say, man, if we could just adjust this and adjust this. So we've worked it out a little bit to where we're going to have our morning service is going to be at 830. I'll have, I'll have them put double cough, double Double whatever they do in the coffee, right? We'll get you guys ready this first thing in the morning. Amen? And that'll give you your afternoon to, you know, do whatever you want. You know, spend time with God in His creation and spend time, whatever, whatever you like to do. So 8.30 and then second service is going to be 10.15. And again, that's going to help us line up a little better with Largo, give us a better opportunity to minister them. And when Pastor Derek's down there uh, and he wants to do something here, they start at 10.30, boom, he can do something at just, it's a great opportunity. I'm going to tell you, this is a great opportunity. This is unbelievable, the things that this church is doing. Amen? Through all the things that have happened through COVID and the, and the ups and the downs, to move forward with this is amazing. And I just want to applaud you guys. You guys have stuck with this, and, and you see and are, and are breathing in that vision that Gateway, soon-to-be Reach Church, is doing. And I'm excited for the next church that we help. Amen? Largo is just the next one. What's the next one? I want you guys to start praying about that. Amen? Pastor Derek's probably watching this and say, don't do that. One at a time, right? But this is a great opportunity. When the Bible says to, to much is given, much is required, he's requiring us to do something. Amen? He's given us much and he's requiring us to do something. So 8.30 and 10.15, that'll start May 2nd. So I just want to run through just briefly, just to recap what we talked about last week before we dive in. First of all, we talked about that the resurrection wasn't the landing zone, it was the launching zone. And that Christ has called us to go. Matthew chapter 28. Go therefore, amen? And he's given us the power to go because the same power of the resurrection that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. That is amazing. That dunamis power. He's given us that power to take his message around the world. So we've got to be able to use that. We have to tap into that. We talked about that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. We need God's power to fulfill what he's calling us to do. Amen. And then we talked about what are the gifts? That the gifts of the Holy Spirit are unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to faithful followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of His people, the church, and outside the four walls. Amen? And I don't know when God says to go, I don't know what that go means to you. That go may be, hey, just within the four walls of your family. I don't know. 
Maybe you've been praying for your children or parents or vice versa. Maybe that's your go. Maybe your go is, is what's going on at, at, your, at your business, place of work. I know with, with Miss Kelly, she, uh, she goes, tries to go through the same line at the grocery store every week. She's, she's got a friend there now. Um, and so she's trying to minister that way. However you go, make sure you go. Amen. Take your gifts to the world. So let's dive into this week. First of all, I want you to remember, I'm going to end with where I, I'm going to start with where I ended. Spiritual gifts are given for the glory of God. It's not about you. And they're not for you. Amen. They're not to put on your business card, bumper sticker, whatever you do. The gifts are for the glory of God. To see his kingdom come. His will be done. Amen. So that's what I wanted to start with. That the spiritual gifts are given for the glory of God. Now, of course, uh, there in your notes, the gifts, as I mentioned before, are, are mentioned in three specific places. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Excuse me. And we're going to be talking about those a little bit. We're not going to do a deep dive because I want you to spend time with God learning about the gifts. Right? I mean, we have a gifts class. I've taught that before, and we can do that if there's enough people who are interested in that. But I want you to spend time, your time, in your prayer closets, praying, learning about the gifts. And you see the gifts being used throughout the Old and the New Testament. They're not just, okay, we see them in these three chapters and then that's it. You see them being used in the Old and the New Testament. All right, so what are the gifts, right? The gifts are for you to use to affect the world. Not in your own strength, not in your own power. We talked about that last week. You will crash and burn, amen? Anyone ever try to serve in your own carnal strength? It is not pretty. Here's what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. God, uh, Paul wanted the church of God to eagerly desire the gifts because that's where the power of God lives. Not in the carnal, but in the spiritual. Not in what you can do in your own power, but in what, in what God can do through you. Remember the sons of Sceva from last week? They tried to cast out demons in their own power. And the demon said, I've heard of Jesus. I've even heard of Paul. But I don't know who you are. We need to be known by our enemy. Amen? So remember, we need the power of God to do three things that we've been talking about. Reach up with love for God. Reach in with love for one another. And to reach out to the world with the love of Christ. Only the gifts can help us do that. Amen? So the verse 14, it says to pursue love. And we're going to talk about that here in a bit. Everything we do in the body of Christ should be tempered with love. When you use your gifts, when you're serving, when you're doing whatever, the first and foremost, we must walk in love. I want to show you how important love is. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I want you to know how to use your gifts using faith, because you have to have faith to use your gifts. 
How to use your gifts with hope. Because you have to have hope when you use your gifts. And of course, you must have love. So, first one is faith. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible to please God without faith. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. We have to be earnestly seeking Him in order to use our gifts. It takes faith to use your gifts. To step out. Oh, is this God really telling me to do this? Or is this just me thinking that I should do this? Amen. It takes faith to step out and use your gifts. What happens if I mess up? What happens if I say the wrong thing? What happens if God didn't want me to do this? What happens if God does want me to do this? Right? It takes faith to say, God, use me. Use me. Earnestly seek him. Earnestly. Not just on Sundays, church. But earnestly seek him. Seek what he wants to do in your life. Seek what he wants you to do in other people's lives. It takes faith to do that. The next is hope. Romans 8. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as, the, as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You know, I grew up in the city, uh, concrete jungle. I didn't grow up, Pastor Derek talks about farming and all the things that they did. I didn't, I didn't have that when I was a kid. I grew up with cement everywhere. So I love planting a garden. I took our garden, it's about eight by eight. I moved all the dirt. And then I put these above ground gardens in. Then I had to shovel all the dirt back. And that was the day, right? I couldn't, I can't wait to put those seeds in because it's something about that hope that when you put those seeds in, something is going to happen. Something great is going to happen. And yet once I start to see just a little bit of growth, I get so excited. I'm like, okay, I don't need hope anymore. It's coming, it's happening. Then I start to hope that we don't have hail, right? Who's had a garden ruined by hail? Goodness gracious, Colorado Springs weather, right? And so that's, that kind of tells us how hope works. We're hoping that God will use us. We're hoping that God is preparing us. We're hoping that God is doing something amazing in us. And then when it happens, hey, we can move on to the next step, amen? Last is love. Of course, we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we've used it in weddings so many times, and yet it wasn't really made for weddings. It was made for the church. If you're going to use your gifts, this is how you have to love one another so that you don't step on each other's toes, hurt each other's feelings. We want you to, he wanted his church to, to love each other. 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. You want to prove that you know God? Love one another. 
Not in the easy things, but when it's tough. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. That's a pretty word, right? Old English word means he paid the price. The price that was due for our sins. He paid, not because we loved God, but because God loved us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We cannot fully love without the spiritual gifts and without God working in our lives. Because in the carnal of flesh, we can't really love. Oh, I know I've heard it. I've heard the word love used billions of times. And yet, is it really love? No, there's only one true love, and that's through God. Because God is love, and God is not fleshy or carnal. God is spirit, and he desires desires us to worship him in spirit and truth. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, it's not just love that we need, we need unity. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. You can have the greatest spiritual gifts. You can be the greatest giver. You can, do, you can give mysteries, have all knowledge, but if you do not love, it says you're nothing. That is how important love is in the process of using your spiritual gifts. The next is unity. There must be unity in the body of Christ for our gifts to work efficiently and effectively. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. The church was born in unity and can only be great in unity. No matter what separates us, our backgrounds, where we work, our family. I mean, there's so many things that separate us, and yet it's Christ. It's Christ that pulls us together. Amen, church? No matter what's going on in your life, no matter your background, socioeconomic, whatever big words like that, it is Christ and Christ alone that keeps us together. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, For in one spirit we are all baptized in one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we're all made to drink of one spirit. We're all baptized into one body, the body of Christ. And we're all made to drink of one spirit, that Holy Spirit that works and moves inside of us. No matter what your background is. I remember I had a friend I worked with for many years. He said, well, I have a bad temper because I'm Irish. I just have a bad temper. And I used to always say, God can fix that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm Irish, and you know, we have a bad temper. Listen, if you're a believer, it's not about being Irish. It's not about being anything. 
It's about being one in Christ. Amen? All right. There must be unity in the body of Christ, and that is the only place that strength can happen. There is strength in our unity. All right, next. The Godhead is involved in the gifts. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. You know, every day, in our, every Sunday in our church and in churches around the world, there are different and diverse gifts that are going on. Different gifts that are happening. Why? Because every church has something different going on. And yet, it's the same spirit that's involved in those different gifts. There are different ministries going on just here. We've got children's, and we've got youth tonight. We've got preteens. We've got worship. There are so many different ministries going on, and yet it's the same Lord Jesus Christ that's over all those. There's diversities of activities. There's so many different activities going on. If you look at our church calendar, there's so many, so many great things going on, and yet it's the same God who works all in all. See, the Godhead is involved because it's God's desire that we use our gifts. And Paul didn't want them to be unaware of the spiritual gifts, not to be ignorant of what God was doing in the church, not just then, but now as well. And we shouldn't be ignorant as well. There are so many things going on in our church that we need the spiritual gifts for. Amen. Now, I grew up in a, in a more denominational church, didn't really learn about any of this until almost 30 some years ago. And it's amazing the things that I've learned in the last 30 years. The gifts that I've seen be used. The people that are used in ministry. The way that I've been used. We need you to use your spiritual gifts. You have a gift that no one else has. And no different than in Corinthians and in Romans when Paul talks about how important the body is. You are part of that body that is so important. We need your gifts here at Gateway. They need your gifts out in the world as well. Amen? Remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That can only happen with God's help. You know, as I was studying this week, I, I came across a story about Zerubbabel. Anybody ever heard about Zerubbabel? Try to say that five times fast, right? Zerubbabel. Here's what Zerubbabel was. He was a civic leader in Jerusalem, and he had the responsibility of finishing the work of rebuilding the temple. The work had stalled, and Zerubbabel needed encouragement to carry on the work. Anybody have that going on in your life? You've been praying about something? You've been asking God for something? You've been, in, you've been living in that faith, hope, and love, and it's just just seems like it's, it has stalled. You just can't seem to move forward. Zechariah, one of the minor prophets, wrote this. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, might focuses on a 
collective strength. The resources of groups or armies. Remember Gideon? Gideon had brought all these mighty warriors, and God said, you brought too many people. And Gideon's like, I didn't bring enough, God. You don't understand? I didn't bring enough. Like, nope, I want anybody that's scared, I want you to let them go home. It's okay, now anyone that drinks, laps up water like a dog, we get to, you can stay them. He ended up with 300, if you remember the story. See, it's not by might and not by power. Power focuses on individual strength. And God says, not by the resources of many or of one, but by his spirit. It won't be your cleverness, your ability, your physical strength that the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. It'll be by God's spirit, amen? And that's how our spiritual gifts are. So let's jump into them real quick. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he, God, wills. Not our own will, but his will. Amen? So these nine gifts that are mentioned, they break down into three specific areas. There's the revelation gifts. Those are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And you may say, man, I've never seen that happen before. But I bet you you've read it in the Old and New Testament. Maybe it has happened in your life and you don't even know it. You've been in a situation, people call it the sixth sense. Anybody ever heard that? Maybe that's God speaking in your ear, giving you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Listen, I want you to hold up here. I want you to go forward here. There's something going on in this situation. I want you to be aware of. It's not really a sixth sense. It's God's sense. Amen? It's God speaking into our lives. Then you've got the power gifts, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles. The power of God, the supernatural happens where the natural has run out. Only the supernatural can come into the situation and change it. Then you have the utter, what they call the utterance gifts. Is Will the learned in here remember the verses that talk about how difficult it is to control what? Our tongue. God wants to be involved in helping us control our tongue. And that's where the gifts of utterance come in. It says that the tongue, though it's a very small member, what does it do? It sets on fire. Big fires. Anybody ever said something? You're like, oh, I'm not going to get away with that, Right? The tongue is an unruly member, it says. And yet God says, I can help you with that. Gift of prophecy. Tongues and interpretations of tongues. So important to the body of Christ. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We still see it today. These are gifts that people have and should be using. That they have and should be using right here. And I hope to see these here in the future, amen? amen? So that God's power can lead us and direct us into what he desires us and desires 
us to do. Now, in Ephesians, so what are the gifts in Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 4, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, remember last week we said these are titles or roles, but they can become titles and roles. So you've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Five-fold ministry. And Pastor Derek talked about this just less than a month ago, I believe. So I wasn't going to go into depth on these, but let me tell you something. When you've got these moving inside the church, great things happen. Why? Because his people are being equipped for service. So there may be times when up here we're talking about service and doing what God requires and wants us to do. Just know that it's just from the Bible. We're not making it up. He wants you to use your gifts and your giftings. To use your times, your talents, and your treasures for works of service. We're just following what the Bible says. We're trying to help the body of Christ come into the fullness of what God would desire us to do. Amen? All right. Last but not least, Romans chapter 12. It says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. That's a great sentence to start the verses about the gifts about. Right? Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You know why? Because it's not about you. You didn't conjure up these things. God gave you the gifts. So he says, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of us. You see, each of us has certain giftings. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. If you notice in Romans, when you go to study this, if you notice in Romans and in Corinthians, Paul starts with how important each of us is to the body of Christ. Without you, the body is not complete. Without me, the body is not complete. We need you to use your gifts. Paul starts that in both Romans and Corinthians. Paul starts to ensure that just like in Corinthians, people understand how important they are. That it's not about them. That we must have unity within our different giftings. And no gifting is more important than the other. So here's where he gets down into the gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So we've got prophesying, we've got serving, we've got teaching, we've got encouragement, we've got giving, leading, and showing mercy. And then, do you know how Paul talks about right after this? He says, let your love be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another 
above yourself. Just like in Corinthians, Paul talks about how important the body is, talks about the gifts, and then goes right into love in Romans and in Corinthians. That's how important this process is. To understand that each and every one of us is important to the body of Christ. To know about the gifts so that you can use the gifts. And then, no matter what your gift is, to love. Most of all, to love. Amen? Why don't you come on up, Jay? Now, this was more of teaching. This wasn't, you know, this is usually a, uh, some of this comes from a class that I like to do. But I wanted you to be diligent in your study. Because some of you have gifts and you're not using them. Some of you haven't found your gifts and you need to. Within the scriptures, gifts are mentioned today to serve the body of Christ. So spend time praying and seeking God. What is my gift? Maybe your gift is showing mercy. Maybe your gift is giving. And we should all still be givers. But maybe you have a certain gift for that. Maybe you've got the gift of faith. Man, Pastor Derek, that's his. He's got the gift of faith. Maybe yours is encouraging. We have members that are just, man, I just love hanging out with them. Because they are an encouragement to the people. Whatever that gift is, find it and use it. Amen? Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gifts that you've given to your people. Will you give us the wisdom to use those? The wisdom to seek after you on how they should be used. The knowledge to understand them. The patience. The compassion. And the love. To use those as only you would have us do them. To look at ourselves soberly because the gifts were given by you and for you. To further your kingdom, not our kingdoms. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen.